Philippians 2 verse 1 to 4 says this, If there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort in love, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Being of one accord, being of one mind. It doesn't say, don't look out for your own interests. You've got to look out for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Are we looking out for the interests of one another? Husbands, wives, don't show matter. Are you looking out for one another's interests? Family, are you looking out for one another's interests? Are you aware of brothers and sisters in trouble? Are you being a blessing? Are you offering to help? Are we looking out for one another's interests? Because that's what we should do as a family. A family takes care of one another in the family, doesn't it? That's where we should be. Not selfish. It's okay, I'm okay in my world, me and mine. What about all the others? A family takes care of one another. And that's our responsibility as God's family. God expects us to take care of one another. Maybe we need to find out what's happening amongst us. Just ask the person next to you. Do you need any help today? If they say yes, say, well, can I help you? Don't. Don't finish it off there. Say, can I help you? Otherwise, you might think someone else is going to help them. See, this is the problem that we've got. It's not because we intentionally don't want to help people, but we just you, well, someone else will do it. And maybe it should be us. So looking out not only for our own interests, but the interests of others. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 to 3 says this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of your calling with all holiness and gentleness with long-suffering, terrible word long-suffering, long-suffering. It's worse than patience, isn't it? Long-suffering. Bearing with one another in love. Are you bearing with one another in love? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's what we should be doing with one another. If we fall out, we ask for forgiveness. And we kiss and make up. Careful. Don't come up here and smother me with kisses, will you? We should fix these things. You know, you hear of people where there's been unforgiveness in their lives for years and they've poisoned themselves thinking they're poisoning another person by not forgiving them. They've poisoned themselves and it's creating a problem in their life and it's creating disharmony in their soul and spirit and body. That's what it does. It creates disharmony within us and in our relationship with God because God doesn't like it. She says in Mark 11.25, if you don't forgive others, I'm not forgiving you. See, we've got this thing, yeah, God forgiveness if we sin. Yes, he does. That's great. But you can't ignore Matthew eleven twenty five. If you don't forgive others, I'm not forgiving you. We can't ignore that verse. It's in my Bible. Is it in yours? No. 
See, unity and harmony have to be worked at. God always wants unity and harmony. The devil always wants division. He will do anything to cause division between us and God or between us as people. That's his full-time job, trying to create division. Trying to create disharmony, make it worse. That's his job. He's only doing his job. But God wants us to, to walk in harmony and walk in love and walk in unity with one another. And as Christians, we need to be mature enough to do that. Although it's difficult, especially with the people that rub us up the wrong way. See, y'all, there's a knowing nod and a smile there. That just means to me we've all got people that rub us up the wrong way, haven't we? All of us have, haven't we? I don't know anyone that doesn't have someone that rubs them up the wrong way. Sometimes you get personality clashes just the way it is. But God's given us an answer in the Bible. Because of his love within us, we can work it out. We don't have to get up and leave and go to another church or another family. We can work it out. God wants harmony. He wants unity. He wants love to flow. Even to those that we might think are very unloving. Sometimes that's just the kind of person that God seems to do something with, isn't it? You ever notice that? You get two people, one's a very nice person, we think. God's going to save him, he's so nice. You get someone else that's absolutely terrible, God could never save him. And God goes and saves the one we don't like. Isn't that just like God? He's just not like us. But we need to take these things seriously. See, we need to take family seriously. The greater the unity, the greater the glory will be in this place. The greater the unity, the greater the revival that will be in this place. And it's a heart thing, really. It's a heart thing. But God is very, very practical. And there's some practical things in his word that helps us work these things out. Especially in the book of James and other places. <laughs> harmony with the earth. You know, that time is going to come where we're going to be in harmony with the earth once again. It says in Romans 8, 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God, that's us, because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah! For we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now it's groaning and laboring. You get storms and tsunamis. That's the creation is groaning and laboring. Since the fall, it was affected. It's, it's not in harmony any longer. But when we get revealed in the fullness and get a resurrection bodies, so there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and we're going to be in harmony with creation, and creation is going to be in harmony with itself again. Creation is not in harmony. That's why you've got weeds and all sorts of things happening. And you've got a devil that's the, the god of this world. And so there's all sorts of bad stuff happening out there. But creation is groaning. It's groaning because it wants to be delivered. See, it's good we've got a concern about, about planet Earth. We should have. This is God's planet. No one's going to destroy it. There's no nuclear war going to blow it up. This is God's planet. And this planet is going to be redeemed and restored. And we're going to live in a new earth. It's not a different earth. It's the same earth that's going to be restored. And biblical restoration is better than the original. So by it's going to be some, isn't it? I don't know what was in the Garden of Eden, but I know it was good. 
So the new earth is going to be even better than the Garden of Eden. Man! What's that going to be like? Maybe sitting eating bananas all day or something. I don't know. But it's going to be good. And in that day, we get a resurrection body. Our spirit, soul and body will be in perfect harmony with ourselves and with Jesus. Isn't that going to be good? Aye. And we're going to be in perfect harmony with one another. No more rubbing one another up the wrong way and annoying one another or irritating one another. We're going to be in harmony. And we're all going to love one another. We're even going to love the brethren and the Anglicans and the Baptists. Isn't that good? So from harmony and the fall and the disharmony that's in us and in the world, we're going back to harmony. See, God wins. I just had this sense this morning of God's sovereignty. You know, sometimes we don't mean to do it, but we bring God down to our size. And we forget who it is that we're worshipping. See, our God really is the sovereign Lord God Almighty. He lives outside time. He's eternal. He's always been there. And as we heard a few weeks ago, away back in eternity, him and Jesus made this eternal redemption covenant before they created this world and before they created you and me. And they decided that way back then that Jesus was going to come because they knew that giving mankind free will, that he'd blow it. They knew that disharmony would come. They knew that creation itself would fall. But they had this great master plan, and this master plan is still being worked out. This is the sovereign God. Because he so loves you and me. He didn't want to leave us in that place of disharmony. Out to sync with him and with ourselves and with one another. Out to sync. That's a modern thing, isn't it? We're out to sync. This is the sovereign God. The Holy One, the Majestic One, who also happens to be our loving Father. Now, I love God as my Father. But we're just going to remember who our Father is. And we need to be respectful and loving. Because He is the Creator God, the Sovereign Lord God Almighty. He's the potter, we are the clay. He will shape us into what he wants us to be. And we need to cooperate with him. And we need to be careful we are not asking God to shape us in what we want to be. Because it won't be as good as his version. His version is the best version. His version of me is the best version of me. His version of you is the best version of you. Believe me. I might have 32 versions of the Bible in this iPad. But there's only one version of me that I want. I want God's version for my life. What version do you want for your life? See, this is the sovereign God, folks. And we need to be careful. And I love the teaching about the Father heart. 
But you just got to be careful. Don't get too pally-pally. You know what I mean? There's truths in the Bible. You've got to hold intention. And as we press on in these days, this is the sovereign Lord God Almighty. He's taken us into a destiny. He's leading us back into total harmony. There's going to be a great revival in this nation. We're going to be part of this revival. And this revival is going to go from here to Europe to the ends of the earth because the sovereign God is going to do it through those who cooperate with him. God is going to do these things. And he wants us to cooperate with him. See, he's the great initiator. He's the one who decides the times and the seasons. He is the sovereign Lord God Almighty. And we get the privilege of being his sons and daughters. And, you know, we can truly say, you know, kids at school that sometimes say, my dad's bigger than your dad. Well, we can really say that. We get confronted with a situation. We can say, no, my dad's bigger than your dad. Because we've got the biggest father in the world. Because he's the sovereign God. And nothing's impossible to him. And it's this sovereign God that loves us. And nothing in this earth, beyond this earth, can stop him loving us. Because he is love. And he's bringing it all back into heaven. We're going to see the end of the book. The new heaven and the new earth. Hallelujah. And we're going to be with him forever and ever. Just three practical things that I believe, three ingredients that I believe need to operate in harmony in our lives. These three ingredients are grace, faith, and love. Grace, faith, and love. In Ephesians chapter 2, it begins with this, For by grace you've been saved through faith. All of us were saved by grace through faith. Grace and faith were active there in the beginning of your salvation. And grace and faith need to be active throughout our Christian lives. It's not just grace, it's not just faith. It's grace and faith together. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, is impossible to, without faith is impossible to please God, for he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why would I want to please God? Because I love him. I don't want to please God because I've got to, because I'm a Christian. I want to please God because I love him. That's why I want to please God. So I add love into that. 1 Corinthians 13, we should know this. Without love, we've got nothing. You know, we can prophesy, we can heal the sick, we can do all the signs and wonders, we can do cartwheels, we can do whatever we like, but without love, we've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Galatians 5, 6 says this. It talks about circumcision, uncircumcision, this kind of thing. And then the Apostle Paul goes on to say, nothing really matters except faith working through love. See, faith works through love. If you're not walking in love, it's very, very hard to get your faith to work. Very, very hard. Because faith works through love. And remember the Apostle Paul when he was saying, God, please take this from me in 2 Corinthians. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. In Hebrews 4, 16, it says, coming boldly to the throne of grace to find grace and mercy to help us. When we're struggling in our faith, we can ask for more grace to enable our faith. 
So again, there's grace and faith. Faith working through love. So grace, faith, and love. These three things need to be working in harmony in our lives. If we don't have all three things working in our lives, we're missing out somewhere. See, faith will work on its own to a measure. But it's got limitations. Love will work on its own to a measure. So will grace. But you put them all together, you've got something powerful here. When grace, faith, and love are working in harmony. And when our faith is weak, we can say, God, more grace to enable my faith. Father, check my heart. Am I walking in love? Because faith also works through love. So grace, faith, and love are three powerful ingredients. And if we can bring these into harmony in our lives, we can move on to a different level in the things of God. I believe that. Can we stand, please? Jesse, could we come up and sing that song again, please, that we sung? All right, that song. Exactly. Father, I just want to thank you that you are the sovereign Lord God Almighty. You live outside time. That way back in the beginning, before you even created the heavens and the earth, you and Jesus made that covenant. You knew you were going to create mankind, give us free will, and we were going to mess it up. But you already had a plan, and Jesus was your plan. Nothing catches you by surprise. Lord, thank you for the harmony that was in the garden. But thank you even when disharmony entered this world. Jesus came as the second Adam to restore harmony. And we are now on a journey towards that perfect harmony on the new heaven and the new earth. And we're going to have our resurrection bodies. And everything is going to be well again. Father, I just thank you for that. You are so good. You are so good. And we thank you for loving us. And Father, just help us not just to live in harmony with you, but in harmony with one another. Lord, we'll work it out together. We'll walk in love with one another. We'll want what is best for one another, as well as for ourselves. That we really are a family that, that brings you pleasure. We want to bring you pleasure, Lord, because we love you. So, Father, just thank you for loving us in all you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.